You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Have you ever wondered how a product goes from being one of many to being the leader in their field? How did that marketing journey go? Well, today, you're in for a treat and you're going to find out. Hey, I'm Ted, host of Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one podcast in all things marketing, advertising, and communications. Today, we have a treat for you. We have Jessica Jensen, CMO at Indeed. She is responsible for brand, communication, product, and acquisition marketing globally. Before joining Indeed, Jessica was CMO at OpenTable, which I love. I do a lot of my reservations there. I do also love Indeed. She's also led B2B marketing for Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and other meta platforms. She has held leadership roles at Apple and Yahoo!, and started her career at the Boston Consulting Group. Jessica holds an MBA at INSEAD, a master's in international relations from UCSD, and a BA from Amherst College. Jessica, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a delight. Absolutely. So, I mean, you got, wow, quite the, uh, quite the CV there. You've done it all, and you're, you're just leading the charge in some of the world's biggest brands. So, we kind of want to know, how did you do it? You know, tell us a bit about your origin story, how you got here. Well, I don't know if we have time for all that, my friend, but uh, yeah, I, so it's funny. I was uh, raised in Kansas in the middle of the States and my dad was a, uh, he's a painter and then he became a creative director at an ad agency. My mom was a speech and communications teacher. So writing ad copy and jingles at the dinner table was part of my upbringing uh, little did I know that I would find my way back to marketing over time. Uh, I lived many lives between then and now. Uh, lived and worked in Japan for a while. As you said, did management consulting at BCG. Um, and then really over time realized that I love the fusion of creativity and business performance. And so where does that come to life best? Obviously marketing. So migrated my career over in that direction, uh, pretty much starting uh, at Yahoo and then at Apple and then Facebook. I was there five and a half years, and that's really where I think I got my deepest uh, learning and growth doing all of the B2B marketing for the platforms there. Um, and then, as you said, you know, on to open table and, and now indeed. So I've gotten to do business strategy and product development and B2B marketing and B2C. And it is uh, just a delight uh, and getting to do it for Indeed, which as you know, is the large world's largest job uh, site, um, means that I get to help people get jobs every day. So it feels real good. Absolutely. I mean, we use it all the time at Ballistic Arts, my company, my agency that I have when I'm not oh, doing thank you. News thank you. I mean, it is it is fantastic. And, and that was kind of one of the questions that I really wanted to know because, you know, I've been around the block a little while. And when back in the day, you would you would look at the classifieds and then there was, I think, Craigslist, yeah. and there was all these other platforms, yeah. other ways of looking for jobs. I think up here we have something called monster.com or, or job shop or whatever. There was all these other mm -hmm. groups yet somehow yep. indeed floated to the top. How did that journey go? Can you comment on that at all? 
Sure, sure. No, you're right. I mean, I re- I remember looking for my jobs in the newspaper too, and we've we've come a long way. Um, yeah, I mean, so we have a very broad uh, reach globally. We help about 350 million job seekers a month find work. Uh, in about 60 countries around the world. Um, we are very proud to be the number one job site in Canada uh, and reach the vast majority of Canadian job seekers. And we have really deep matching technology that helps employers find the right people with the right skills and experience, and then also helps job seekers to uh, search for and discover and connect with the right employers and jobs. And so I think the power of our breadth of employers and jobs and the matching technology is really what has given us our strength. Um, and then, of course, we've been doing marketing in Canada for a while and happy to say that, you know, we we are quite well known in the Canadian market and um, work with in, a huge number of employers there. So, um, you know, we're we're proud of what we deliver to both employers and job seekers, but have, have much more work to do. So let's, let's take a step back. So you're a, a leader in, in many of these large global organizations through your, through your path, through your journey. But I, from what I've heard, and I've, I've interviewed lots of, of female leaders, it, that path, you know, especially back in the day was not that easy. And so can you speak on that a little bit, maybe share some stories and, and what, what learnings and, and shared experience could you, could you provide? Well, you are correct. Uh, I started in the nineties and when I was in management consulting, uh, I was very typically the only woman in the room, you know, meeting with CEOs and boards and senior leaders in business. Uh, it was pretty amazing how often I was the only woman. And, you know, there were some uh, benefits to that and some downsides. Uh, I definitely was uh, sexually harassed in the uh, in the business world. And uh, a lot of inappropriate comments and advances were made to me. Uh, but I knew that I was hardworking and smart and could contribute to business growth. So I stuck it out. Fortunately, I had some male senior leadership champions at the Boston Consulting Group who really had my back and ensured that clients behaved themselves. Um, and then, you know, I, I was very fortunate to go on to work for Yahoo under a female CEO. My boss was the EVP of the Americas. She was a woman. Head of investor relations was a woman. Uh, head of sales was a woman. So I think that that was an environment that was quite unusual and wonderful for a rising woman uh, to feel that I could look up and around me and there were women everywhere. Uh, so that really inspired and fortified me. Um, slightly different experience at Apple. Apple was very male dominated at the top. Um, I think they've made some progress in recent years. Um, but I, you know, uh, I had to keep pushing and doing good work and proving my value. Um, and then Facebook was also, I mean, Sheryl Sandberg was the COO, you know, I mean, we had incredible female leaders at the top there. So I think I've been very lucky, frankly, to work in California 
and in a lot of very progressive companies where women have been in senior positions, but certainly I know a lot of women in uh, you know other areas of the world and the country where that leadership representation of women is very different and it is a hard, hard road. So, you know, and women still make 80 cents on the dollar for every man. Uh, and so we have, we, we're not finished. So what do you, what, what tips might you have, right? Like, it sounds like there's, there's clearly some experiences that, you know, you've commented on that we've heard a lot of, um, over the, the years and what, what do we do? Where, how do we go from here? Like you said, there's, there's yeah. a lot of, there's still a lot of progress that needs to be made and, and what can we do? I, and I do know that, you know, a lot of, you know, we're a smaller business. We have, we run an agency, but you know, we, our leadership is, is there's quite a number of, of female um, leaders in, in our company. And so, uh, but I, I hear that sometimes that corporate, I don't know, whatever you want to call it takes a culture. little while, right? That culture takes a little while. And so, so what's one to do? Yeah. Well, it's a great and very complex question. Uh, yeah, I think bro culture or whatever you want to call it uh, is unfortunately still alive and well in a lot of companies. Um, you know, I think, I mean, in, listen, it's not a woman problem. It's an LGBTQ problem. It's a people of color problem. Making sure that we have representation of diverse people throughout organizations has to be a huge priority for every company, uh, particularly for a company like Indeed. We are so global and we serve humanity. So we have to make sure that our executive team and our middle management and all of our teams reflect the full composition of the world. Um, I think what we do and what a lot of companies do is, uh, you know, we have employee resource groups, which are, you know, women at Indeed, LGBTQ plus at Indeed, black at Indeed, you know, and veterans at Indeed. So really ensuring that there are robust communities of people in organizations that support each other, that advocate for their needs and their rights. I have seen that be incredibly effective. Um, and, and then, you know, I always tell people who I mentor and coach, if you don't have a boss that has your back and wants you to succeed and is coaching you and helping you rise through the organization, you have the wrong boss and, and people stay in negative cultures with unsupportive bosses way too long and women and people of color will never, ever succeed if they don't have the right leadership support. So pick your bosses wisely and change, uh, you know, find the right environment that is going to help you thrive and rise. So how would we, you do that? Right. Because if you're let's say you really want to, like you said, help humanity. I want to I really want to be a part of Indeed, let's say. But, you know, maybe I'm a person of color, I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community or a female or whatever, all com combination of that. Right, right. And I have a boss that just isn't, or maybe what'd you say, the bro culture, you know, they're, they're part of the bro culture, right? And, and yeah. but I really want to be here. So what do I do? Do I ask to be moved or how, how does that work? Well, I mean, I think, 
you know, it, it's easier said than done, of course, right? And so I think, you know, looking around at other departments, I always advise people do as many functions in an organization as possible. You know, if you want to be a great marketer, you should try sales. If you want to be great at sales, you should find a way to work on product. If you want to be, you know, like work in ops. So move yourself around an organization as much as possible. And if you're stuck in a function or with a bad boss, advocate for yourself, try to improve that. And if it doesn't work, leave. I mean, there are, you know, plenty of organizations out there looking for ambitious, talented people. Um, and do your research, read reviews on companies, read reviews on bosses, and find the right environment for yourself. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, and, 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 and it requires patience, right? You can't yeah. snap your fingers and do that overnight. Mm -hmm. And listen, we've all have, we've all had to work in jobs that were not ideal. And that's part of the professional development process. But, you know, I know so many people who are like, I've been working for this boss for five years, oh who, you know, never wants me to progress. And it's like, get out. Don't you don't settle for that. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's that if the self advocacy, taking action, and a little bit of patience, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, it's that's some good tips. Yeah. Now, speaking of patience, I mean, heck, you're you're at Indeed. You you y'all have seen really the ups and downs over the last few years, right? There was a spike in yeah. with from COVID. I would imagine there's all the labor shift that came along with it, and now there's this talk about recession or possibly soft landing from the Fed. How are how is Indeed managing that through sure. kind of economic uncertainty? How are you doing marketing? Because you hear a lot of folks go, "We're going to cut mar like that's that's the that's what you hear, right? We're going to cut marketing yeah. when times are tough." Now, obviously, those that are smart they don't cut marketing, but but how do you manage? How do you wade through this storm? Absolutely. So we, you know, by virtue of being the largest jobs platform in the world, we see data instantaneously on what companies are hiring for what kind of talent in what countries, in what regions. So you're quite right. Under COVID, there was an explosion of labor demand in a lot of areas, healthcare, e-commerce, trucking, et cetera. And now in the post-COVID world or the semi-post-COVID world, um, you know, we're, some of those dynamics are continuing. Um, and then there's all kinds of new dynamics, which some of which are macroeconomic and fear of recession or like incredible inflation in the UK, um, some contraction in Canada and the US for sure. But the demand for healthcare workers remains super high. Leisure and dining ha and travel have come back very strongly. So there's big labor demand there. But, you know, in tech and software development, d decreasing demand, the impact of AI, marketing roles way down. As you said, companies are doing cost cutting. So we're constantly looking at supply and demand at the occupation and industry level. And we move our marketing money around quite dynamically, given what's happening in an economy or in an industry. We, too, have been impacted by the post-COVID time, and our business has certainly contracted. We have decreased our marketing. But to your point, in the markets where we 
still need to grow and capture share. We are continuing to invest heavily. Um, and we move money from segment to segment, right? So we're still spending a lot on acquiring healthcare workers because there's huge demand and then decreasing our work with, you know, our acquisition with tech workers. So it's, it's a very complicated patchwork quilt uh, <laughs> of supply and demand management at a country and city level. Uh, and it's not boring. So it sounds like you have a lot of data, right? You said there's a lot of real-time yeah. data that you're getting that totally. helps you make those moves. But how long do you, you know, like one day does not make a market, right? So at, at what point do you go, okay, we're seeing this is not just a blip. This is a trend. We're going to do this. How long yeah. do you typically wait before you go and, you know, move the chips from one table and put it onto another? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, we're making long-term brand investments in Japan, Germany, U.S., Canada, et cetera. Those we don't change very often, maybe every half year. Because, as you know, building a brand is a long-term process. On a more short-term basis, how many nurses do we have to acquire in the U.K.? How many truck drivers in the U.S.? We move that money around monthly, um, so, you know, quite frequently. But some trends are more long-term, like the expansion of healthcare with aging populations, and some are more short-term. Okay, wow. That's a, that's a lot. So, so what, what's the trick there? How do, you, how do you strategize? How do you forecast? Okay, you got the data. But there's also the creative. There's also the messaging. There's also the persona. Yes. What What's the strategy moving forward for Indeed? How are you positioning yourself? What's the message you're trying to deliver? And I'm assuming there's different messages per industry, per you're right. country. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I would say at the highest level, we believe that better work leads to better lives. And we are in the business of connecting people to better work. And so we want to be a career companion to all workers around the world, which means that we help them find jobs when they need a new job, but we also advise them on salary trends and skill development opportunities. And if you're a junior salesperson now and you aspire to be a VP of finance, how would you chart your career path? What experiences should, should you get? So we're really trying, we've developed a ton of content, written, video, et cetera, to help people explore jobs, understand salary levels, think about what skills they need to acquire. And that's a very long-term investment, right? And then there's more fast twitch things like we need more truck drivers in the Southeast of the United States, right? So there's the long-term message and the brand building and then the supply demand management below that, which is more fast twitch. Then for employers, we obviously have a set of messages around, we will bring you the most qualified candidates as fast as possible with the greatest AI matching technology available in the world to help you find and hire the right people effectively and quickly. So we have messages for small businesses, we have messages for enterprise level, and obviously job seekers of various stripes. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And so you're you're also, it's a it's like a... It's like Airbnb, right? You're you're marketing to those exactly. that are yeah. wanting to get a vacation home and those that are trying to put up their place for to be a vacation home. So so similarly, you're gonna have to market to the folks that are looking for jobs, but then also on the employer side, there's the small business, like folks like like mine, exactly. right? Where we got a small team and then the enterprise level. Do you you know, are they is there a favored child? How do you how do you split your time? That uh, we love all of our children. Um, well, you're quite right. It's a it's a marketplace business like an Airbnb, where we are attracting employers and helping them hire, mm-hmm. and attracting people looking for jobs and who want to develop their careers. So we, uh, I mean, really, we do both all the time, and they're they're both critically important. We have a phrase that we use in Indeed, which is that we are job seeker first. Uh, We believe that if we satisfy job seekers and create the best experience and outcomes for them, we will have the most job seekers, which means we will get employers. So we, we tilt more job seeker, but we have to market to Bob's Pizza Shop in Oklahoma and FedEx and Amazon and the largest governments in the world. So, you know, it's multi-level and we're, you know, constantly assessing investment levels and resource allocations, but we have to cover a pretty broad array of, of institutions and humans. So your marketing is both B2C and B2B and clearly from your history. All day, every day. All day, every day. And so, you know, my company had been B2C for a long time. We did a lot of real estate development marketing, right? And so we helped, you know, home buyers and, and, or help the developers sell the home buyers. But now we do a lot of B2B marketing. And at least in my experience, there is some difference, but at the end of the day, it's building relationship. At least that's how I see it, right? It's, it's, it's creating that, but there must be more to that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's how I felt. And maybe you know, because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm just like, let's go, right? But yeah. are, are there are there the you know, what are, what are the nuances between the two? Because you did Open Table, you did Facebook, you did Facebook and and did the B two B side. Now you're doing both. So yeah. how do you? What's the trick there? Where where are the nuances that you see? Yeah, so I actually prefer the term B two P B two business to people. Okay. Uh, Because I think B2B gives the impression that a business is some disembodied institution that is not run by human beings. Yes. 
And actually, as we all know, the people who run businesses and make decisions about hiring and firing and budgets are humans and they're emotional. They are rational and emotional. So if I had one learning from my years at Facebook and OpenTable and here, it's that you can't think about selling to an institution. You are selling to the people in that business that make decisions that impact our business. And so doing great B2B marketing means that it is emotional, moving, human, and talks about products and benefits and price points. And, you know, I mean, so there is some stuff cooked in there, which is unique to that arena. But if we don't connect with business clients emotionally, it, it will not work. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree. Okay. So we've talked about all that, you know, marketing strategy, B2P, not B2C, not B2B. Okay, great. Where do you see marketing going in the next, I don't know, it's, it's 2024 soon. And yeah, I think by the time yeah, you know, no. it will be 24, it'll be a new year. So where are we going? There's, so. there's AI, there's all these people, um, you know, coming in from all sorts of areas. Where, yeah. Where's it going? Well, you know, I would say it is a wonderful time to be a marketer, exciting, and it gets more complex every year. So obviously AI is hot, hot, hot. Many of us have been working in the AI field for a long time, but generative AI and the new tools that have come out are, you know, electric and just giving marketers like us so much more efficiency and capability. Um, so we are using AI, Gen AI for copy creation, headline testing, graphics production, video editing. I mean, we are just marinating in the tools every day and it is awesome. We've already saved $10 million on content production this, this year. So we are super, super bullish on AI. I think it is an incredible efficiency bonus to all companies. Now it requires deep human oversight uh, and lest anyone thinks the machines are replacing the humans, uh, I'm here to tell you uh, our judgment still matters and uh, we have to correct and fix and guide all sorts of AI production and that will not change, I don't think, in the, in the near term. Um, and then I would say uh, data, data, data. Um, you know, the best marketers are, you, you know, really investing in data access, data cleanliness, data unification, focusing on first party data more and more. Um, and so that is a huge focus for us and most of the marketing leaders that I know. Um, and then, you know, I think uh, managing managing burnout and uh, you know, I know so many people across the business landscape that, you know, forced to go back to the office to work after COVID and feeling, you know, that their lives have been upended. And we have people working on video, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. It's exhausting. People are tired. Um, and so managing burnout, I think, is 
I mean, when I meet with market marketing leaders, everyone says, how do I keep my team engaged, happy and productive in this world of work where, you know, Internet access is ubiquitous and 24 hours a day and we're managing 30 channels around the world like it's we have to control our time and our mental health. And so how, as leaders, do we do yeah. that? And, and, how and, do that? and yeah. or I guess, is there something, a nugget that you can share that maybe you're planning to do in 24 for your team? Sure, absolutely. Well, so we are very fortunate that we are not forcing return to office. We believe in hybrid and flexible work. Uh, we believe people uh, are responsible adults and can do their best work efficiently in a lot of different ways and places. So I'm really proud of our stance on that. Um, and then also we have an open PTO policy and we are very encouraging to people to take their time off, recharge, get off of the laptop. Um, we do try to get people together in person for some, you know, connection and fun and support and certainly for creative brainstorming or major strategy planning work. I think there's little replacement for in-person time, but we have people littered all over the globe, right? So, I mean, we have people in Ohio and Italy and Singapore who can never have an in-person meeting with people. And so we have to be very flexible with, okay, these people could get together in an in our office. These people cannot. So how do we flex our style and our engagement to make sure that everyone feels like they uh, are part of the team? Um, and that's, you know, that's an ongoing thing that we're learning to, to manage. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I'm taking walking meetings. I'm telling people get off the laptop, use a phone, mix it up. Um, because I don't, I know myself when I do 10 hours of video back to back, I, my, I'm just totally fried. Um, so I think variety is the spice of life as variety always. Variety is the spice of life. I like that, that walking, uh, walking meeting. I've never, I've only done that a couple of times. I, I live by a, a lake here and sometimes I'll do it. Uh, I do. Yeah. Like I mean, I, for me to like take an hour out of the day and just walk and talk rather than be on. Now, sometimes the weather in Canada may not be the most hospitable to that. Uh, well, I understand. Now, maybe but not. Maybe right now, maybe, maybe not. But maybe, you know, you just a little warm. Yeah. late December date. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, or, or, or just, or even if you can't go outside, get off video and do a call. You know, mm -hmm. we used to do a lot of meetings on, on the, the phone, phone. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with the telephone. So I'm mindful of your time. I'm going to ask, uh, cause you, you talked about AI and that it yeah. still needs lots of human supervision. So I wanted to hear what kind of any kind of funny story that came out of that because at Ballistic, you know, we my my agency we we do marketing, but I had a, a writer who no longer works at Ballistic who basically got the AI to write a piece for us, content marketing, but rather than double checking the work, just submitted it right, and because yeah. they did, they did that, it talked about guns and the army oh. and not, had nothing to do with marketing, and yet they submitted it. And uh, they did that one too many times. They no longer they're no longer here. So any kind of similar type of experience um, that you had? I want to hear one. I want to hear one. 
Well, so, I mean, I think, uh, well, it's, it's funny, I'm raising a teenage daughter, and so the use of uh, chat GPT writing in schools, as you can imagine, oh, is yeah. exploding, oh, yeah. and young kids are not smart enough to check their work. <laughs> so she's had some great stories about people getting busted. But yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know if you saw the story that some Sports Illustrated people oh, yeah. were just fired for uh, similar at offenses. Top, I believe at the top. Yeah, right? At the very top, at the very top. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't, I think that we have been very vigilant uh, and, and anything that we publish or put out is triple checked. Now, I'm sure, you know, I, I haven't heard of any errors we've let out. I certainly don't know if we're, we're foolproof. Um, but I will say this. We have found, you know, one of the biggest problems with Gen AI is bias and the perpetuation of bias. And so we have asked uh, ChatGPT to write some articles about gender bias in the workplace. And what it has returned is... Uh, shocking and at times extremely uh, offensive and inaccurate. And similarly, we have asked it to like, give us a set of images of lawyers, doctors, architects, and surprise, surprise, they're all white men. <laughs> and that is because the internet is full of bias and racism and sexism. And so the tools generate things from the data and information that they can find and what they can find is insufficient. So we have to create our own content, do our own custom photography, et cetera, et cetera, so that what we put out into the world does not reflect the bias of AI. Okay, that's good to hear. All right, okay. So we should probably come to a close pretty quickly. We wanted to do just a fun little segment sure. we call Rapid Fire, just awesome. to ask, Jessica, a little bit about, uh, you know, who she is and all that kind of stuff. So be, care be careful what you wish for. <laughs> well, I think I'll be okay. I think I'll be okay. Okay. So you're, you're in San Francisco. So yeah. best place in San Francisco to go for pizza. Um, I'm not a big pizza person, but I know, um, the, probably the most beloved, there's one, I think in North beach called Tony's pizza. I've not been. And then Delfina is a very famous Italian restaurant, very well known for their pizza and meatballs. And Ooh. I will tell you the meatballs are magical. Magic meatballs. Okay. Gotta go. Exactly. Where do you go for your walking meetings? Uh, I live in an area with a lot of nice hills, and so I do some hills. Sometimes I'm huffing and puffing on these uh, on these walks, uh, so I have to I have to ask for forgiveness. There's also a beautiful hike above Half Moon Bay uh, in a woodland area called Parisima, um, and the views of the Pacific Ocean are just unbelievable. Pacific or Atlantic, pick the ocean. It's, this is very much the Pacific. You're a very much Pacific person. Okay. Very much. Yeah, I lived in Japan for a long time, so I'm uh, I'm I'm a, a Pacific Rim lady for sure. Best sushi outside of Japan. Oh wow. Okay, that is an excellent question. Um, well, there's a place in LA that I used to go to, Matsuhisa. Uh, that was magical. 
Uh, and there's a place in here in the Bay Area I go to called Sakae. Um, but there, I mean, there's so much great Japanese food around. Uh, there's, um, oh God, what is the name of that? Hold on one second. I'm having a brain fart here. Rintaro. There's a, there's an izakaya in San Francisco called Rintaro, which is amazing. Best marketing book that you've read lately. Mm. Best marketing. Um, I, I absolutely think how brands grow is a marketing Bible that everyone should read. Um, and my favorite, uh, business book of all time is good to great. Good to great. We use that book to set our core values. So yes. Ah, very good. Very good. It is, it, it, that book does not get old. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Oh, dark, a thousand percent dark, which really helps me with my daughter because she despises dark chocolate. And it is the only way that I get to enjoy sweets in my own home. Oh, very nice. And any last comments that you have for marketers that are listening to our call today? Um, keep on trucking, keep learning new skills and technologies. Uh, don't get discouraged by how complex the media landscape is. You can make it work for you, um, and take care of yourself. Marketers are people pleasers and they love to say yes to anything and everything. And they frequently get overextended. So learn the magical art of saying no. Okay. Magical art of saying no. I gotta I'm starting to do that more and more with my teenage daughter. So I think I'm I'm getting Yeah, that. okay. I'm uh, I'll, we can practice together. We can practice yeah. together. Okay. But before we do that, we should probably wrap it up. Jessica, okay. thank you so much for your time. Oh, today. thank you. It was a great conversation. Thank you. It was a pleasure to to hear from you and uh, enjoy San Francisco. And by the time the listeners are listening to this, I'm gonna wish you a happy new year, good start to 2024. And uh, rock on. Happy New Year to you and rock on with your bad self. All right. Jessica, <laughs> thank you very much. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio. Thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc